All right, guys, with us on this week's edition of At Large Bid on the 48 Minutes Network, my really good friend, my pal, my, what do we call you the one time? Did we say you're the Yoda of journalism for me? <laughs> well, you, I, there are multiple names that, that I think that you've, you've given me at this point, Tim. It's hard to keep track. That's true. That's true. This is my good friend, Adam Baum of the Cincinnati Inquirer. He is the Xavier B. writer. Uh, Adam was supposed to be on the pod last year. We did a live NCAA show, but the NIT had other plans, so uh, we had to replace it. Yeah, the NIT reared its ugly head in that scenario. Yes, it did. So Adam's here. We're going to talk about Xavier, obviously. We're going to talk about the Big East in general, more or less. Um, And I guess we'll, you know, let's start with the obvious, most important question. I'm not the most annoying guy in the media room at Xavier, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, not at all, Tim. But that is an important question. You got it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I had to make sure. You know, you never know. There's so many people in there. You got to make sure. No, honestly, we don't. We don't have any uh, any kind of no. like hand grenade types people that you need to avoid. It's a it's a pretty cool place. I have a lot of fun in there, so it's good seeing everybody. Yeah, it's like the most non drama place I've ever been in my life. It's kind of great. It is like everyone gets along. It's uh, it's pretty perfect. So hopefully we can keep it going for a long time with that scenario. Well, that's the game plan for sure. So yeah, you and I. Um, obviously you. The reason I wanted to do this with you more or less is because you are the the traveling media member. So all these Big East teams you actually get to see. So so far, you know you were on the trip to Villanova. You've seen the three home games for yep. against St. John's. I mean, I mean, yeah, St. John's, Creighton, Seton Hall. Um. Who's the team you've seen so far has kind of jumped out the most? Like, let's like, what's what players like? What's really stood out to you and impressed you the most from the four Big East teams you've seen so far, counting Xavier? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that the easiest answer is probably Seton Hall. Yeah, um, you know, you think you think about what they have, and then you remind yourself of the fact that they've got, uh, I think, a six foot eleven post player who's one of their starters, Sandro. And they're doing this without him. And then to top it off on that, they've actually lost Miles Powell for a few games here and there this year. Right. And they haven't skipped a beat without him. And then you add him in, back into the mix. And they're just – they're a monster, man. I, they're hard to deal with. They got the, the two big boys, the rim protectors, and then they got guys on the perimeter too. So they're – I just think they're so balanced. And then they got – obviously a, a machine gun in miles Powell, so they're they're going to be a tough team to deal with the rest of the way yeah i mean that jumped out so much last week at Cintas, where it was like you know we've seen Najee marshall get really up in people's 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 space on defense and he was all over miles Powell in that game and miles Powell still hit ridiculous shots and it's just at some point you just kind of got to tip your hat because the guy could do so many good things yeah it's like I I said it to someone. It's like Najee is six seven. He's long. He's athletic, and he doesn't get tired. And he was all over Miles Powell. And to be honest, like the scary thing is that it didn't really matter. No. Like a lot of times we see Najee do that, and he can com- like he did it to to Jaron Cumberland. Um, he did it to TCU's best player Desmond Bain. Like he's he knows how to shut scorers down and he's pretty darn good at it. And I think that just speaks to how, how creative and how tough miles Powell is with the ball. Yeah. I think, uh, Charleston was a really good point too. Obviously you and I were there. Um, we were right, we were right there on the court. 
Um, I was on the baseline. Yeah. You could see when he was guarding like James Book Knight from UConn, like that kid really was hitting some really tough shots where Najee was all over him. Um, and that's just kind of the guy you get from him. So yeah, it kind of goes back to my Seton Hall point of just all the things they have. And it's like, I wonder what this team would have been like if Kevin Willard had left. Like it looks like he was going to it for that point last year. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's a good question because I think, I think that the system he has in place for this team is one that's going to kind of be hard to topple. And I'm really interested. I, I can't remember. I don't think it's tonight. It might be tomorrow night or it's coming up, but um, we got Butler and Seton Hall here. I know. And, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens in that game because I think right now the conversation for the, the top team in the Big East is probably between those two. I mean, obviously, I think Villanova is going to be tough to deal with. And, you know, Creighton, because of their shooting, I don't think you can count them out. But Butler and Seton Hall, to me, is kind of, you know, the cream rises to the crop. And, and that's, that's kind of the pinnacle right now in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're starting to see a lot of like crazy, just typical, all these Big East teams on their best day can beat each other. And you're really starting to see a lot of that in the conference so far. Um, Providence got that win against Marquette. Villanova has a loss already. Um, like you said, Seton Hall and Butler are the only teams undefeated in conference play right now. So when you look at this top to bottom, we hear Travis Steele say it all the time. This is the best conference in college basketball. And I, I really agree. I mean, DePaul's 0-3 in conference, but they're 12-4 and overall. So they're coming down to earth a little bit. Georgetown somehow still won a lot of non-conference games after James Akinjo and all those guys left. Uh, would you look at this thing top to bottom compared to last year when you were first covering this conference? What jumps out to you the most in that difference in talent? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams are more experienced this year. I think last yeah. year was. You know, there were a lot of lineups that just had new contributors. Um, but I said, like, the thing that really stands out to me that I think is so impressive that I don't know that another conference conference in the country can say this, it's that, like, there is there is no doormat in the Big East this year. Like, in years past, yeah, may, maybe you go to DePaul or you get DePaul in your building and it's like, yeah, we can chalk this one up. Like, uh, this is a game that we're going to win. But you can't really say that about any of these games this year in the Big East. And I think that that in and of itself is such a rare thing to have a conference where there's not, at, at least right now, there's no real weak links in the chain, which is scary for for all the teams in it. Yeah, I didn't see the net today, but I think it was, I think someone tweeted there's like six in the top 50 or something crazy like that from the conference. So that was kind of surprising. Um, obviously, Adam, when you talk about the big East, it starts in with Villanova. Uh, they just came off. Uh, they're on a win streak right now after that Marquette game, they beat Xavier strictly because they had that long run uh, where they had that 17 scoring run really was the only difference in the game. They yeah. lose to Marquette. They come around, they beat a good Creighton team. They beat Georgetown and they have DePaul coming up. Um, when you look at this Villanova team, they're better than last year, certainly, but I don't know if they're necessarily the national championship Villanova we saw for a little while there. What do you see from this team? What did you see from them when you were in Philadelphia that kind of stood out to you as far as good and bad with this team? Yeah, I don't, you know, I say this based off what happened with, with Xavier's game and, and I think what just happened over the weekend um, kind of may dispute my point, but I, what I was going to say is I, I don't know that 
they're necessarily quote unquote as explosive as years past. I mean, yeah, Colin Gillespie's a guy that can hurt you. Uh, Sadiq Bay just went off over the weekend, and I think Villanova shot 15 of 29 from three. So it's like, uh, to my point, that that can still happen. I don't know that it it has happened as frequently with this team. You know, they they beat Xavier because they beat him up on the offensive glass. And when you give it a good offensive team like that, that many second chances, they're going to make you hurt. Xavier didn't really have an answer for Colin Gillespie in that game. That was a game where, you know, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Sadiq Bey, yeah, they were both out there. They both contributed in different ways. But those that wasn't a game where you saw Justin Moore go off or Robinson Earl or Sadiq Bey. It was, you know, Colin Gillespie was just the most sure-fire, sure-handed guy on the floor. And that's really what they're going to need, I think, to to do anything this year, to do anything worthwhile in, in, you know, the lofty history of Villanova in recent years. Yeah, Colin Gillespie is definitely like that. And the joke's made all the time, I know, the Archie Diakonin mold. Like, remember, like, Notre Dame would always have this, yeah. like, Jack Cooley type. There was always, like, a Luke Herring go to your Jack Cooley. It seems like that's starting now at Nova with their guards at the point guard position. Yeah, just that prototypical you know what you're going to get out yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, too, like you said, like they, you know, they're not as balanced as we've seen them in years past. I know they've got a win against Kansas this year, um, but it seems like that top three there is kind of really starting to blossom itself. Where do you really see, Yeah. like, is that how, kind of how you see the rest of the year is going to go out, those three being Seton Hall, Butler, and Nova? Well, I just think that those are the ones – the I think it through from what we've seen right now, those are probably the ones that I have the most confidence in at Same. keeping this going. Um, and, and you know, I think because of the landscape of the Big East this year, there's no guarantee that that, that that's going to continue. You know, we've already watched uh, Providence go in and, and beat Marquette on its home floor. Like I still think that there are things that can happen out of kind of out of the ordinary this year that could create some drama potentially but i just think right now we see this scenario unfolding where these three very easily could start separating from the pack i agree i think the talent level i think that you know the experienced players like you said coming back um let's talk about butler let's kind of get into it because they're obviously kind of it seems like they're the, maybe one of the most they're definitely one of the most surprising teams in the country they might be the most surprising team in the country AP had them as number yeah. five. They're 15 and one on the year. They're one losses by one point at Baylor, who is now number two in the country. So the season's there. It really kind of starts with Kamar Baldwin. Like he's hitting shots now. He's making, you know, his jump shots kind of coming around. Laval Jordan's been really, really good yep. with, with him. I thought after they lost Joey Brunk, they'd have some struggles, but really he's kind of like, they've kind of just kept on, kept on. And this is a team that was under 500 last year in the Big East. And now, Adam, we're seeing this team really strive some wins together and really kind of bring it every night. Have you had a chance to watch a lot of their games, being that you cover a Big East team? Do you have any thoughts on what you've seen from them so far? I, uh, I've i seen them play a few times now. And I think I you, you mentioned the most surprising team. And I, I definitely think that it's Butler. If it's not, it's probably Baylor. So it's pretty interesting that they're both up there and they've both played each other. And I think it was a one or two point game. So um, it's kind of interesting that those two have, have kind of emerged the way that they have, but Butler, 
Butler's surprising to me because I don't think anyone really expected this. Definitely not outside, like outside of Butler, no one expected this. Right. You know, you looked at you looked at last year, and it was like, yeah, they got a few key guys coming back. Can Kamar can Kamar Baldwin, you know, have a, have another big year this year? Um, but the jury was kind of out coming into the season, and they've obviously they've figured something out. They they have figured out the formula, and they're very good at replicating it night after night. And I think what's scary about them is, you know, you talk about Villanova and you talk about Seton Hall and the way that they can score. Well, the Butler can can stop you like that. That is something that not many teams I feel like, like everyone wants to be able to say that their defense can can smother you and stop you and, and make you uncomfortable and take you out of ball games. Yeah. Well, Butler actually does it every night. So that's that's simply put. That's why they're going to have a chance to win the Big East this year. Yeah, they're so pesky. Like that's that's a perfect point. I mean, Sean McDermott is kind of one of those like he's you know, he's kind of become their second scorer, um, but he's also so yep. physical and he's he's going to make sure like he beats you every game. Just about you know he's grad student for them. Um, you're they're getting that from him. You know, you look at a guy like Jordan Tucker who's coming off the bench getting 21 minutes a game for them. So. Butler has a lot of pieces, and it's really frightening that they're putting it all together at this point already. Yeah, absolutely. And then to top it off, they've they've got a home court advantage. It's very tough to go into Hinkle and escape there with a win, especially when Butler's got a team like they do this year. So, you know, if they protect their home court, go on the road, snag a few here and there. Um, I think that they're they're well set up to make a run for the Big East this year. I know Xavier fans aren't going to be happy to hear that, but Xavier's, Xavier's going to have a say. They've uh, There's still a lot of Big East games left, and the way that we've seen Xavier these last two years, like they can go on a run in the wrong direction, and they can go on a run in the right direction. So I'm kind of interested to see where they go, too. Yeah, I certainly agree. I guess we can go there, right? That's that's the team we're around the most. That's the team we know the best. Yeah, man. That's we see him every day, Tim. That's yes. uh, that's where the that's where the magic happens. That's right. Yeah. So, look, you and I were around each other every game. We talk every game. Um, yep. It seems like this team. You know, we knew when we saw them in in the summer before Spain. There were holes, and there were like some things for concern, but we thought they had enough of X, Y, Z to where they could cover ABC. And I still think that's the case. I still think they're certainly talented enough. You know, they have experienced guys, but I'm not necessarily in the point of the sky is falling. I do understand being worried about you know this this last homestand, but yeah, I I don't know, man. It seems like the with me we maybe overrated the depth, and part of that is because the five freshmen ended up being two basically this year. Um, you know, and Travis is doing a lot of different lineups through there. So what do you, where's your take right now on where this team's at? I know you just probably talk about this every day, but where, where are your feelings on where things are for this team right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess my feelings are, it's kind of complicated right now because it's like, there have been enough times this year where I've watched this team and I think that's really good. Like yeah. if they, if they can keep, if they can do this, on defense and do this on offense and, and kind of blend those two together, they're a pretty darn good team. But then there have also been 
in my opinion, way too many instances of the exact opposite, where what we saw in the second half against Creighton, what we saw in the second half against Seton Hall. I mean, Creighton was particularly alarming because it was a situation where shots could not go in for Xavier, and that severely disrupted them at the other end of the floor. Their defense suffered because they couldn't make shots. And Travis talks about it all the time where we want to be this tough defensive team. We're going to win games with our defense. Well, if that's the case and you you are that reliant on your defense, well, if you go through a stretch where your offense is suffering and it impacts your ability to play that high-level defense, then you are a team lost on both ends of the floor. And that's honestly, it's, it's hard to think that that's happening 17 games into the season for Xavier. But like I said, I I just saw like it feels like a broken record because this this is what we were talking about last year with this team, right? And eventually, too little, too late, they did figure it out and they put basketball together at both ends of the floor for forty minutes, and they almost stole their way into the NCAA tournament last year. If you know a questionable charge call doesn't happen at the end of that Villanova game, we could have been talking about an amazing run last year just to make the tournament. So. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count Xavier out or bury them before they're dead. Um, I think that would be reckless and foolish. But they do have to start answering some of these questions. They can't keep playing full games where there are large stretches of them looking like a marginal to below average basketball team. Like that like good teams don't have holes in their games like Xavier does right now. So they definitely they need to do some patchwork. They need to uh, to come together and, and solidify things if they want to do anything this year. Well, yeah, I mean, the question I asked Travis Saturday was, you guys have now had these games where you guys have three or four four-minute scoring droughts through the game. Like, you guys only play 40 minutes, and if you guys are in scoring for 12 of those, that's, that's not where you want to be. No, and three and four minutes is, is kind of generous at times for this team. Yeah. Like, I mean, villain, like there have been games, I think there have already been games, like we've seen six, seven, eight, nine-minute scoring droughts from this team this year. Um, that's, that's quite alarming because you think about how good this team is at getting to the basket and attacking around the rim, and it's like if you're that good at getting to the bucket, then you shouldn't have that, those long of gaps where you can't score any points. Um, I just think that Xavier needs to uh, – they need to put put a good performance on tape, not just to get a win, but to kind of, you know, stop the bleeding between their ears. And I, I know that they're probably dealing with some negative, negative thoughts and negativity right now. And I, I just think that right now, even though it's only a two-game losing streak, even though they're only 12-5, and five, uh, they, it feels like a team that's really in need of a win, and, and we'll see if they can get it on Wednesday night at Marquette. Which brings me to, of course, Marquette. Solid. Perfect segue. Yeah, great right? segue, Adam. You you, you got this podcast written <laughs> down. So, oh, no, man. I, you just know where to go. Yeah. I've been doing this a while. Um, but That's right. I feel like Marquette has really kind of, over the past few weeks, become the Marcus Howard show. Um, yeah, you know they're 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 eleven and five overall. They're they've lost to Creighton by seventeen. They lost to Providence, like you said, in overtime. They lost to Seton Hall. They somehow beat Villanova, which 
whatever happened that night. I don't know. I understand it was on their home court. Um, but it's like when you watch this team play, and obviously they have good players other than Marcus Howard, but it doesn't feel like that all the time. I mean, he's putting up 26 a game. I know Sakara Deem's putting up 12. But after that, it seems like they're maybe, and these teams that people like the most would be a potential Big East NCAA tournament team, it seems like they might be the most beatable. Because Providence, you know, was kind of like a, eh, I don't know if they're going to make it. A lot of people didn't know what they're going to get from DePaul. But it always felt like it was like Seton Hall, Creighton, Nova, Xavier, Marquette were like the five that people were like, okay, they're the, they're the, they're the shoe-ins. And it seems like yeah. those five, I guess you could say, would you say Marquette might be the most beatable, depending on, you know, obviously Sands, Marcus Howard scoring 50 points? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. I think that because there is such a drop-off that, like, I think a lot of teams are going to, when they play Marquette, we're probably going to watch it. We do this um, in, in a couple nights, but it's like, if you can just make life as hard as possible on Marcus Howard, like who's, who's going to be the other, who are the guys going to be that are going to beat you on that team? I mean, you know, now that is a lot easier said than done. Right. We've seen it. Marcus Howard is, if he's not the best scoring guard in the country, he's right up there. He's incredibly hard to deal with. He's hard to stop. You know, I thought Xavier just gave Seton Hall and Miles Powell a tough time the other night. And, they walked right through them like they were Sean and ultra soft, man. I mean, so it's like, I was thinking this today when I was looking at Marquette on paper and I was just like, there is such a drop off in their scoring. I mean, Sakar Anima and Marcus Howard are the only two guys on the roster that average in double figures. They, they are so reliant on Marcus Howard for what, I mean, I think Marcus Howard is shooting 44 or 45% from three. And he's already made 61 of them. Xavier's entire roster has made 107. So he's he's so productive. He is a one-man wrecking crew. And I, but because of that, because they are so reliant, I mean, you know, think about all the other stuff that could happen. He could get in foul trouble. He could get dinged up. Like, if any of those things happen to this team, there is such a gap in what they want to be and what they're trying to do that I think because of that, they are a team that can be gotten in a sense. But at the Pfizer Forum in front of that crowd, late Wednesday night game, I mean, it's it's going to take a monumental effort out of Xavier. It's going to take all five guys. They're going to need production out of their bench. But I certainly think that this is a game Xavier can escape with a win. I do too. I really do. I think, you know, we know they're more than likely going to throw Najee Marshall at Marcus Howard, which is the right move. Um, but yeah, I think, six, seven against five, 11. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's still going to get his shots up. That's the thing. Like he's just he's not still going to get them. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Adam. So I'll get you out of here with a couple with two more. Um, first one, if you had to put a team right now that you had to pick to win the Big East championship in New York, who would you, who would you put? Hmm. All right, I, because I am a writer and I like interesting storylines, this is hard. You know, I think I think that Miles Powell being a senior, being in the Garden, his last oh, yeah. Big East tournament, it would just it would make perfect sense to me that he would go off and that Seton Hall would get it done. But I mean, 
but it's so hard to make a prediction right now because of the landscape of the Big East and because of what this conference is. I mean, it just feels like there are going to be 10 teams going there. You know, we're going to see what happens over these last 14 or so conference games, but it feels like it realistically feels like there could be six or seven teams that, that go to Madison Square Garden at the end of the year that, honest to God, feel like they have a chance to win the Big East turn. And I think that's super exciting. And I know it's only January 13th, but it's like, how fun is that going to be if you have all those teams in there that, that believe that they can do this and might realistically have an opportunity? Well, I booked my hotel today. So Booyah. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm very ready. Yeah, man. All right. So you You're said booked up. Yeah, man. I'm I'm stoked. I'm staying in Times Square. I can walk everywhere. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Um. So I guess you mentioned it's six. It's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I haven't been to New York in 20 years, so I'm really looking forward to it. All right. So you mentioned six or seven teams that have a chance to win it. Do you believe that six or seven teams make the NCAA tournament from this conference? Yeah, I think six is is a safe number. I, I think best. Yeah, I think best case scenario, um, you know, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that seven make it. Um, you know, I've heard people mention the number eight, but I. So on the last Big East conference call, there was a guy. Um, I think he was from the Sporting News, or I could be getting it wrong, but. It's cool because if you get on the the conference call, you get to listen to the interviews with all the head coaches in the Big East. And this one guy had a stat that if if the Big East gets eight teams in this year, that's obviously eight out of ten, that's 80%, that would break the NCAA all-time record by a conference for percentage of its teams making the NCAA tournament. And I'm pretty sure that's a record that the Big East holds from – I'm going to be wrong, but I thought he said it was like in the nineties or something. They got seven out of nine or something like that. But I mean that like, that's a realistic possibility. People are talking like a guy looked up the stat to to be sure of it. So um, I think eight, eight's pushing it. um, But I think six, seven is definitely doable this year with this lineup. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I'm, 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 I'm so excited about it. I know we still have a lot of college basketball to play. Um, well, it's perfect. Adam, I really appreciate you doing this with me, man. I know we've been talking about getting you on here for a little while, so I appreciate it. It was about time, my friend. It was, it was. And you know, like I've told you a million times, I always appreciate your help. I text Adam like once a week with, with writing questions (laughs) and he always gives me like the best answer. So like, it it means a lot. You helped me out a ton with my Xavier, Kansas state article. So I really appreciate everything, man. Always, man. Happy to help. It was a pleasure to join you. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Yeah. Before we get you out of here, why don't you shout out where the world can follow Adam Baum in the on social media? Yeah. So I'm, uh, as you know, I'm pretty active on the old Twitter, and my handle is uh, just Adam J, the letter J, and then Baum B A U M. Perfect. Well, hey, buddy, have fun in Wisconsin, and I will see you next week. Yes. All right, man. Take care, Tim.